Well, welcome back to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. And uh, today we have an exceptionally important topic. What topic could be more important, Gary, than God? Who God is? And, and especially when we're talking about who God is, the first topic that comes to mind, obviously, would be his holiness. And so uh, that is what we're going to be speaking about today, God's holiness. And and uh, what that means is we consider how we live, uh, what how we should view God. But maybe we should start with a basic question. What are we talking about when we talk about God's holiness? What is it? Um, you introduced us, in a, I think, in a brilliant way, just to get us started. Nothing could be more important than talking about God. We're talking about an aspect of God, holiness. But to back up to what you just said is nothing could be more important than talking about God. I don't think deep down inside many of us really believe that. Um, intellectually, we might, or religiously, we could have um, an intellectual assent to it, an emotional assent to it, but not deep down inside where we feel, I, I think there's a tendency to feel more like the topic of uh, my marriage, the topic of my health, the topic of my wealth, my well-being, my psyche, my self-acceptance. Uh, those things oftentimes to have, have a greater sense of preeminence. And it's not a condemnation, I'm not condemning anybody for feeling that way because we are living in our own skin and the things that are nearest to us are uh, our hunger, our thirsts, our relationships, our motives, our desires. Um, so to to fixate on God rather than ourselves is, is quite a big move. And that's what this whole um, last several months have been about the attributes of God has, has been to say, okay, the, the low view of God is is where we see him as secondary to us and us as primary. The high view of God is where he's primary and from him, uh, in him we live and move and breathe and have our being that uh, the source of all those things that we do want and desire come from God. So the study of God, the it's called theology, the doctrine of God is no mere mental assent to pieces of information or historical accounts of, of a deity. The, the, mm -hmm. the doctrine of, of God theology is, is as A.W. Tozer says, um, the most important thing you can know about a person is their theology, because that will direct their 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 philosophy, their psychology, their their relationships are all directed by their theology. So, so that's that's the first comment is is about God Himself. It's, it's such an important topic, and you know I wish there was a way I could turn a switch, and all of a sudden the church would become so enamored by the beauty of the holiness and splendor and majesty of God. I wish I could. I wish I could speak words. You know, I, I'm trying my best on this podcast. I do it when I preach. I wish I could speak words that would somehow quicken our minds and our hearts. Um, I wish I could be a burning bush in front of the Moseses of congregations and they would see uh, and want to take off their shoes. We're on holy ground. Um, so we'll just do we'll just do our best. Um, you know, when it comes to this topic of holiness, I often feel like. Um, you know, the messenger that um, in the ancient days, if there was some bad news meant to be given to a king, maybe they lost a battle or somebody important died in a battle, they would send that messenger back to the king. And if the king was displeased with the message, the messenger could die. And so I kind of feel like that when I talk about holiness. It's like, it's so awesome. It's so marvelous. And my, and our ability to speak words that would actually honor God in such a way that he deserves feels so minuscule that, you know, I feel like, but yet at the same time, that messenger is required to do it. So this is my job. I'm going to do it. I'm going to speak about God's holiness. 
whether I do it as adequately as I wish I could or not, I'm going to speak about his holiness. The holiness of God. So now, now, now sorry, that was a long introduction. And your question was, uh, let's talk about what is what is the holiness of God. And the holiness of God is is probably we learn more about it by learning what it is, exclusively is not that we usually think it is. And what I mean by that is we usually think of the holiness of God as as we almost make it anthropomorphic as if like the behaviors of God are similar to our behaviors. We we tell a lie and therefore we weren't holy. We look at something lustfully, therefore our eyes weren't holy. We said something wrong and our, our speech was not holy. So therefore there's this conflict contrast in us. This is holy, this is not, we're being pulled between the two. That's not the holiness of God. Uh, the holiness of God is not him in conflict or in contrast, trying to tip the scales towards perfection or beauty. It is the the essence, the, the the very being, the very nature of God in itself uh, is an existence of holiness. So it's not something he's trying to do, uh, to trying to behave well, trying to not sin, trying to obey the law. Uh, he doesn't ascribe to a law. He is the law himself. It is it is uh, so holiness is his beauties, his perfections, his glories. In every single one of his other that, that we classify as attributes. So over these past few months, we've been studying, um, you know, the justice of God, the judgment of God, the wrath of God. Um, when you attach the word holy to all of those attributes, then you get a better picture of holiness. So he is holy loving. He is holy um, just. He is holy um, um, merciful. So all the attributes shine uh, with this light on it. So you could almost picture it as like a flower bed with all the attributes of God and holiness is the sun shining down on, on all those to illuminate all these other attributes of God to, sh to reveal them in their greatest glory. You know, it is interesting when you uh, think of how the Bible describes God's holiness and it does it using the word three times. When you think about it, no other attribute of God is given three times. We don't say justice, 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 beauty, right. beauty, beauty, but we do say holy, holy, holy. I guess it gives it another realm doesn't it it, it does it's it is um and even love you know god is love and so oftentimes if a pastor or a christian or a spiritual leader is asked you know what would be the primary attribute of god i think many answer that god is love uh, and yet uh, lo love is again it's it's it, god is love we're not diminishing that attribute uh, uh, by the way, there's no reason to diminish or elevate one attribute over another because all of them are uh, contingent upon one another in God. They, they, you try to rip them apart and you dishonor God. And so his love and his holiness are not two different elements of God. They're actually the same thing. Uh, very different than us. We have components. God is componentless. He is, he is, that's why Israel calls him, uh, the Lord God is one God. And so, um, but when you come to that phrase, holy, 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 uh, R.C. Sproul, I think, does this great justice when he speaks of, you know, you and I are both sitting in front of our computer screens right now, and if we wanted to type something up and send to somebody, if we wanted to, to really make an emphasis there, we could use several tools, the the highlight uh, of the, the underline, the bold, or the italics is three different elements, and if we did all three of those to the word, we would be wanting to communicate to our listening audience um, or those reading our script the the power of that word we're trying to communicate and that's what the hebrew writers did 
with words when they could not underline them or or put a bold on them, they they would uh, repeat them. So holy, holy, holy. Um, now that's that's the written communication, but even in the verbal communication, the angels, uh, again, they didn't cry out love, 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 or grace, grace, grace. They cried out holy, holy, holy. And I think the reason for that is not because they're ascribing greater dominance to the attribute of holiness, but that, as I said earlier, it's the holiness that's shining when they're saying holy, 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 they're actually in their worship are, are, are having the emotion of uh, holy or, or perfections of love, perfections of grace, perfections of justice, perfections of justice. And so they're seeing God in his totality uh, and the word coming forth is holy, but it's, but it's not just limiting, to, li limiting God to saying like, you are morally pure, uh, but it's taking the moral purity of every other characteristic of of the divine nature and characteristic of God and crying out to him that that he is holy. Is holiness an attribute only ascribed to God? Can we talk about holiness in terms of man? Is there anything similar to what we're talking about with God? Well, uh, we can in two different ways. The, the, the holiness of God, there, there are what are called uh, communicable and incommunicable attributes of God. Um, it's kind of crass, but the the best way to remember that is like a communicable disease, something you can catch. Uh, if you have the flu, I could catch the flu from you. If you have cancer, I can't catch that from you. That's incommunicable. Certain things that we can uh, derive from God or have, have imparted from God are communicable to us. And holiness in, from the time of, you know, the early church fathers and, um, you know, the year 100, 150, 200, all the way to present day, um, have a problem with this word holiness as whether it's a communicable or an incommunicable attribute. And most would end up, and I would agree, that, that it is both. It is incommunicable in the, in the sense of the uh, infinite holiness of God, uh, the perfections of God, uh, cannot be communicated to us. We, we will never be perfect and infinitely holy like God is. We, we will always have, even, I, my, my thought is that even in heaven, we will uh, have been freed from the bondage of sin. Um, Augustine said, you know, uh, in the garden, man had the choice to sin or not to sin. And after the fall, he had no choice. He could only sin. And after in heaven, then we are able to not sin. And so even when we are able to never sin again, we will still not be holy in the same way that he's holy because he's infinitely holy or infinitely perfect in all of, in all of these. And again, the the attribute of holiness um, entails all these other attributes we're talking about, the sun shining on all these flowers. We won't have all those, those flowers, so it won't, we won't be wholly divine ever. We won't be wholly omnipotent or wholly omniscient. omniscient. Uh, God will be wholly all those things. We will be wholly in the derivative sense of being, and, and to a degree we already are from, from the garden. We were created uh, in his image, and that, and I, I, that entails holiness. Um, at, at, at the cross, the justification of, uh, of Christ, and therefore imparted the righteousness of God to us. So there's a holiness in us. I can actually say I am holy, um, not in myself, but in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And then in heaven, we'll have those attributes of holiness too. But, they, but it is to a different degree. Uh, secondly, I would say God is, is never growing in holiness. Um, that doesn't limit him or make him less holy. 
It just says that he's already perfect and you don't change perfection. Any change to perfection would make it be not perfect anymore. And so he needs not change and will not change. So he is perfectly holy where our, our holiness is constantly growing. And I think our, our holiness, even, in, even when we have a new, a new, a new heaven and a new earth and a new body, I think we'll still continually be growing in holiness because um, that, that, that holiness is that likeness of God. And we will, because God is infinite, we will constantly be learning. Infinite, we will be, we, uh, here's the infinite holiness of God. You can't measure it, but I'm saying it's up here, but it's, um, and our knowledge is here. Even in heaven, we'll be coming more and more, more revelation, uh, but we'll never reach fullness because it's infinite, nor will we reach, um, you know, some scholars say there's eight attributes of God. Some say 12. You know, some say there's multitudes that we don't even know. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where I've landed is there, there are not only are God's attributes infinite, but there are num- there are infinite numbers of attributes. Um, and many of them we don't even know or even have words or conceptions uh, mentally or emotionally for. So I think we'll be learning about certain things. You know, let's just say, for instance, uh, there was no anger on earth. There never was. There never no one ever got angry. We didn't understand the concept of anger. We didn't have a word for anger. And then when we got to heaven, we learned there's another universe out there and they were dealing with this problem called anger. And here's what it is. We'd be surprised by it. We'd go like, oh, wow, that's an unusual element, what they're dealing with. Well, it's negative. But on the positive side, we will be learn. God will show us like, oh, here's another thing going on. It didn't happen in your universe, but here's what I'm like, that you didn't even know there was a likeness of being like this. And so we'll learn of infinite attributes and then we'll learn of more of each of those infinite attributes. And, and as we learn them, we'll become more and more like him, more and more holy. Now, we will be like him when, when, we, uh, you know, when he appears and we be caught up in heaven with him. The Bible says we'll be like him uh, you know, as he is, um, mm-hmm. but not in totality. And so long answer, it's, it's both incommunicable in that he is different than us and other and communicable in that he imparts portions to that and and an ever-growing and increasing element that is surprising and delightful and beautiful and life-transforming and relational building. The more holy we become like God, the the more loving our relationships are. And um, yeah, so it's it's definitely important that we get this communicated to us. That that's what that's where sanctification comes through the communicable power of holiness of God. You uh, started your answer talking about communicable diseases, and we're certainly dealing with one now, aren't we, in COVID. Not only do we have this disease that we're looking at, we've got protests and riots going on around the country and around the world, and we've got an economy that's crashing because of all of that. And so in the midst of that, why talk now about God's holiness? Aren't there more important topics right now that we ought to be concerned with? The the man or woman who begins to grasp this is transformed and begins to function in society in a holy, godlike, righteous way. Um, Moses, before he is given a revelation of the holiness of God, has a similar heart when he comes back into Egypt later to set the people of children of Israel free. He had, both of them has the same desire. Um, he had it but he had it through an angry, murderous, self-ambitious spirit. 
he has a revelation of the holiness of God. He has the same activity going on, but now with the motives, the heart, the purity, and the power of God behind him, all the kingdom of heaven now is, is supporting the same work that he wanted to do in his own murderous anger. Um, you know, when, when the, um, when the um, when the when the Egyptian murdered the uh, Israelite, and he and he took vengeance on him. So so the why talk about holiness of God or the attributes of God in general at a time like this? I would say there's never been a better time to speak of the holiness of God. When you don't speak of the holiness of God or when you don't have a burning bush experience, you end up joining a group like Antifa or the more radical elements of Black Lives Matter. I'm not talking about the, the heart movement of caring about the, the God who loves all lives and, all, and loves Black lives and loves Black families. Uh, I'm not talking about that Black Lives Matters. I'm talking about the, the organization that I believe is corrupt. With, so so, so um, somebody, some friends of mine who have been protesting right now have been doing it through that burning bush experience out of a holy heart and they're praying and they are uh, wanting change from, from the heart of God and others are coming out of this vengeful, angry. And, and the main difference is one has been exposed to the holiness of God and the other not. So my, my idea is as, the, as an evangelist, I would want to expose people to the holiness of God so that their lives could be transformed and the same actions could be now done through the, the holiness of God and therefore have the power of God behind them. And that's, I think, where real lasting change happens. Without the power and holiness of God, you might actually have some, you might defund the police, for instance. Uh, you might have some um, social changes take place. But let's just say a policeman is, is uh, ragingly prejudiced and, and, and hates people of other races and, and you defund him, okay, well, he's not a policeman, that's a good thing, uh, but he's still a raging, violent bigot. Um, and so the holiness of God is what changes that man's heart. Um, and that's, that's the whole history of our ministry. Uh, my father could have uh, written articles and protested about how the politicians and the courts are allowing these rotten, horrible, awful gang members to roam the streets but instead, the holiness of God got a hold of his heart. And it was holiness. It was like, you're wasting your time watching television when you should, when you could be praying and making a difference in this world. That was a holy moment before God. And then he saw this magazine he'd opened up and went to New York City. And that holiness of God led him like Moses to Egypt. Uh, let my people go. Let these gang members go. And so so I think it is, it's a world of difference. This is not some laboratory for theologians in ivory towers. Uh, studying uh, big words about God. This is the stuff that changes society because it changes hearts, it changes churches. And unfortunately, the pablum and the lightness and the frivolity and the foolishness that's happening in many churches today, mm -hmm. people are not having that burning bush experience. They're going to church and they're hearing a, a pep talk, a motivational speech. And it's not that burning bush that changes their heart, their perspective, their eyes, their feet, on holy ground now, and so therefore they're really not transformed. And, and as goes the man, so goes society, and as goes the church, so goes culture. And, and I think we have to 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 be more aware 
of these attributes of God so that we could, uh, they are very pertinent to the most important issues of life. Uh, there's not an issue you could mention uh, racism or plagues or earthquakes that, that the holiness, the love, the justice of God would not not only play a part, but be the primary mover in those things. And so understanding what's what's happening. So for instance, some of the stuff that's happening in, in my understanding of scripture, and I'm probably in the minority here, I believe these are judgments of God. That comes from, for me, it comes from what I believe is my knowledge of God, my understanding of scripture that, that God throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation has and promises he will continue to pour out judgments of wrath uh, upon earth. And so therefore, um, I'm not surprised by some of these things, fires, earthquakes, famines. Um, yes, the, the devil is the primary mover and his hand in that. And this is a whole other subject. But, uh, but at the same time, the holiness of God is directing. He's directing things in a holy way. He is um, his providence is holy. So again, this, this shows going back to what we we're talking about earlier, how important holiness is. Let's say, for instance, like, let's take providence. It's the hand of God that moves all things um, by his will. He does as he pleases. So his, by his providence, he chooses how things will unfold or un, uh, transform. He chose, remember, he chose Egypt to, to be, uh, he chose Israel to be under bondage to, to uh, Egypt for 400 years. And then in his will, his providence, his hand moved. Now is the time of freedom. And so his providence is, is chosen man. Now imagine if that providence was not holy providence, if it was if it was more um, motivated by something less than perfect, flawless love and affection and holiness. Well, the outcomes of what God would do on earth would be very different. And and then I would even say then our holiness, as it's derivative from Him, changes the, not only the way the decisions we make but it also changes the way we make them. Let me get, illustrate that if I could, just one other way. Um, let's take a tribunal of three judges, military judges, and they're court-martialing a, a man who is suspected of um, going AWOL in the middle of a, of a very important battle. And some of his um, his other, work, other soldiers lost their life because he went there to defend them. And all three of the judges find him guilty and sentence him to, to hang. Uh, two of those judges only looked at the law and the just nature of the uh, of the allegations and the circumstantial and the, the the evidences. One of those judges knew him and his family and had a, a vengeance and a vindictive nature towards him, wanted to see him hang, regardless of whether he did it or not. So all three of the judges equally judged he was guilty, but one judged from an impure motive. Uh, and that was sin. He he did what the third judge didn't do righteous. He did what was evil. His decision was right, but his motive was evil. And so the holiness of God, when it's bringing, given from him to us, when it's imparted to us, not only changes our decision, like, um, you know, again, going back to the, well, let's go back to, to the police protest right now. Um, so a protester could, could uh, be protesting righteously or they could be protesting with a vengeance. I hate policemen, or I hate white people, or I hate black people. The holiness of God does two things. It it, it ensures righteous judgment. Um, there should be no, these judges shouldn't 
condemn an innocent man or shouldn't let go a, a guilty man, but it also purifies their motives. I'm going to judge him based on pure motives. Same thing with racism or uh, any kind of relationships or marriages or fathers to, to their sons and daughters. It's not just the action that God holy makes holy. It's the heart underneath it. And that is so much different than just behavioral modification that the world has to offer. Uh, this is life transformation, the Spirit of God that changes us deeply. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting.